Welcome to the Small Business Commission meeting on May 23rd, 2022. This meeting is being called to order at 4.33 p.m. This meeting is being held in person in City Hall, room 400, and broadcast live on SFGov TV and available to view online or by listening to by calling 415-655-0001. As authorized by California Government Code Section 54953E and Mayor Breed's 45th supplement to her February 25, 2020 emergency proclamation, it is possible that some members of the Small Business Commission may attend this meeting remotely. In that event, those members will participate and vote by video if possible. The Small Business Commission thanks Media Services and SFGov TV for televising the meeting, which can be viewed on SFGov TV 2 or live streamed at sfgovtv.org. We welcome the public's participation during com public comment periods. There will be an opportunity for general public comment at the end of the meeting, and there will be an opportunity to comment on each discussion or action item on the agenda. For each item, the Commission will take public comment first from people attending the meeting in person and then from people attending the meeting remotely. Members of the public who will be calling in numbers 415-655-0001, access code 2496-304-6520. Press pound and then pound again to be added to the line. When connected, you'll be muted and in listening mode only. When your item of interest comes up, dial star three to be added to the speaker line. If you dial star three before public comment is called, you'll be added to the queue. When you are called for public comment, please mute the device you're listening to the meeting on. When it is your time to speak, you will be prompted to do so. Public comment during the meeting is limited to three minutes per speaker. An alarm will sound once the time has finished. Speakers are requested but not required to state their names. SFGov TV, please show the Office of Small Business slide. begin with a reminder that the Small Business Commission is the official public forum to voice your opinions and concerns about policies that affect the economic vitality of small businesses in San Francisco. The Office of Small Business is the best place to get answers about doing business in San Francisco during the local emergency. If you need assistance with small business matters, particularly at this time, you can find us online or via telephone. And as always, our services are free of charge. Before item number one is called, I'd like to start by thanking Media Services and SFGov TV for coordinating this virtual hearing. I guess it's not so virtual anymore, is it? Uh, and helping to run the meeting. Please call item number one. Item number one, roll call. Commissioner Carter. Present. Present. Commissioner Dickerson is absent. Commissioner Huey is absent. President Laguana? Present. Present. Commissioner Ortiz Cartagena, are you able to? Here. Present. Vice President Zazunas. Present. <laughs> Present. President, you have a quorum. Great. Thank you. Next item, please. Item two, approval Oops. of. I'm so sorry. We have to do the Ramaytush Ohlone oh, right. land acknowledgement. Sort of weird. It's not a separate item. The San Francisco Small Business Commission and Office of Small Business Staff acknowledges that we are on the unceded ancestral homeland of the Ramaytush Ohlone, who are the original inhabitants of the San Francisco Peninsula. 
As the indigenous stewards of this land, and in accordance with their traditions, the Ramaytush Ohlone have never ceded, lost, nor forgotten their responsibilities as the caretakers of this place, as well as for all peoples who reside in their traditional territory. As guests, we recognize that we benefit from living and working on their traditional homeland. We wish to pay our respects by acknowledging the ancestors, elders, and relatives of the Ramaytush Ohlone community, and by affirming their sovereign rights as First Peoples. Item number two, please. Item two, approval of legacy business registry applications and resolutions. This is an action item. The commission will discuss and possibly take action to approve legacy business registry applications. Presenting today, we have Richard Carrillo, legacy business program manager with the Office of Small Business. Welcome, Richard. Good afternoon, President Laguana, Vice President Zuzunas. Commissioners, city staff, members of the public. I'm Richard Carrillo, Legacy Business Program Manager. I'd like to acknowledge Michelle Reynolds, who helps with the Legacy Business Program and with marketing and communications for the Office of Small Business. Michelle was instrumental in helping review, collate, and process the Legacy Business Registry applications before you today. SFGov TV, I have a PowerPoint presentation. Before you today are four applications for your consideration for the Legacy Business Registry. <clears throat> Each application includes a staff report, a draft resolution, the application itself, and a case report and resolution from the Planning Department. The applications were submitted to Planning on April 6th and heard by the Historic Preservation Commission on May 4th. Item 2A is Glen Park Chiropractic. The business is a medical business founded in 1987, offering chiropractic services and treatment. Glen Park Chiropractic provides advanced, high-quality chiropractic care to help individuals achieve better overall health, pain relief, spine health, and treatment without the use of drugs or surgery. Glen Park Chiropractic has been owned and operated solely by Dr. Sokolsky for the entirety of its 35 years in business. He has treated over 4,000 patients since opening the business. Glen Park Chiropractic generates specific treatment plans for each patient, focusing on the patient's unique health needs and issues. The business has been an anchor in the Glen Park Commercial Corridor since it was founded. The core feature tradition the business must maintain to remain on the legacy business registry is chiropractic. Item 2B is Goat Hill Pizza. The business is a neighborhood pizzeria opened by five friends in 1975. Goat Hill Pizza's name honors the Potrero Hill neighborhood's history as a hilly pasture land. During its early years, the business's mascot, Goat Hilda de Anchovy, roamed the backyard behind the business. Her image can still be seen on the restaurant's signage, interior decorations, and pizza boxes and t-shirts. Goat Hill Pizza combines the traditional red checkered tablecloths, brick oven, and casual atmosphere of a classic pizzeria with a unique San Francisco twist, sourdough crust. When it opened, sit-down restaurants were not common in Petrero Hill, and the business quickly became a popular gathering place for friends and family. In 2008, Goat Hill opened a new location in the South of Market neighborhood, which today is used as a prep kitchen. In 2012, it opened a third location in West Portal. Goat Hill Pizza is more than a pizzeria, it is part of the fabric of the community. The core feature tradition the business must maintain is restaurant featuring Italian cuisine. 
Item 2C is San Francisco Microscopical Society. The business is a scientific organization with a focus on microscopy that was originally formed in 1870 by two members of the California Academy of Sciences. The society's original constitution, bylaws, and articles of incorporation date back to 1872. SFMS was established with the intention of studying the use of microscopes in science through periodic meetings, which consisted of discussion, research, demonstrations, and topic lectures, lectures per pertaining to microscopy. The San Francisco Microscopical Society met through 1905, when it then disbanded, and subsequently reformed in 1946 and was officially registered with the California Secretar Secretary of State in 1954. It has continuously operated for the past 68 years and is the only society of its kind in San Francisco. Scientific topics explored through research and events have varied greatly and include geology, botany, biology, epidemiology, paleontology, and many more. The core feature tradition the business must maintain is community of microscopists. Item 2D is Trattoria Contadina. The business is a family-owned Italian-American restaurant in the heart of Russian Hill, North Beach neighborhood. Trattoria Contadina is the quintessential Italian-American red sauce restaurant with dishes elevated by incredible ingredients and comfortable service. They have the classics that people love, like spaghetti and meatballs, bruschetta, salads, and lots of homemade tomato sauce, complemented by imaginative menu items, cocktails, and esoteric wines. They use high-quality local and Italian ingredients, as well as organic produce and sustainably raised meats and wild fish whenever possible. Their motto is, leave your problems at the door, enjoy your meal. <clears throat> all four businesses met the three criteria required for listing on the Legacy Business Registry, and all four received a positive recommendation from the Historic Preservation Commission. Legacy Business Program staff recommends adding the businesses to the registry and has drafted four resolutions for your consideration. A motion in support of the businesses should be framed as a motion in favor of the resolutions. Thank you. Thank you. This concludes our presentation. We're happy to answer any questions, and there are business representatives in the room and online who would like to speak on behalf of the applications during public comment. Great. Looking forward to it. Commissioners, any comments before we go to public comment? Just want to say congratulations to you all for, for making it here. I am a big fan of Gold Hill Pizza. <laughs> Been eating it um, a large majority of my life. <laughs> so, yeah, congratulations to you guys. I don't want to speak for all the commissioners, but I'm tempted to say we're all big fans of Goat Hill Pizza. Uh, okay, uh, why don't we open it up to public comment then? If members of the public want to um, line up and just say a couple words, we can just form a little line and then um, please come up to the microphone. Hello, um, I'm Ariel Waldman. I am the president of the San Francisco Microscopical Society. Um, that is to say, we are a community of explorers that come together to reveal the hidden wonders that are all around us, but are too tiny to see. Um, I'd like to think this makes us the definition of a small business. 
<laughs> Our mission is to be a focal point for all microscopists across all disciplines of both science and the arts. We welcome all people of any age or background. The society serves as an educational resource for the community, as well as a social network for people to connect over their shared excitement for exploring the microcosmos. Our membership includes biologists, oceanographers, chefs, material scientists, artists, software engineers, farmers, naturalists, forensic analysts, photographers, geologists, teachers, nurses, veterans, and students, just to name a few. One of our most dedicated and longest serving members is Mr. Henry Schott, age 93, right over in the back there, uh, who has helped steer the society since 1986. Henry has navigated the society through uncharted waters over the past several decades, and I am honored for him to pass the baton on to me to introduce the society to the next generation. The society got its start long before Henry, however. We were founded over 150 years ago in 1870, spurred by a proposal from members of the California Academy of Sciences. Over the last century and a half, we have formed close ties with other various San Francisco Bay Area institutions, including UCSF, Randall Museum, UC Berkeley, and Merritt College, among others. As president of a society that is over 150 years old, I thought it prudent to quote what one of the society's presidents, A.H. Breckenfeld, said in an address made in 1893 about its then 23-year-old history. Quote, the San Francisco Microscopical Society, which has grown old in a new part of the world, should exhibit its gratitude for age and prosperity by discharging a plain duty and bringing the science treasures of its new and peculiar field into the possession of all who desire them. But what of our future? The very fact this is one of the oldest microscopical societies in America and that after nearly 23 years of uninterrupted existence, it is larger, stronger, better equipped, and in every way more prosperous than at any previous time in its history of itself justifies the brightest anticipations for its future. I'm so very proud to carry those words into 2022 and so very grateful to you all and the city of San Francisco for the nomination to have our past and present recognized as a legacy business that is looking forward to the next 150 years. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I'm Henry Schott, uh, an honorary board member of the San Francisco Microscopical Society. And my glasses are steaming up and it's kind of difficult to read my notes as a consequence. <laughs> we are pleased to and honored to receive on behalf of our members a positive recommendation from the Historical Preservation Commission for inclusion in the Legacy Business Registry. We ask for you, as members of the Small Business Commission, to accept their recommendation. I first joined the San Francisco Microscopical Society in 1986, while I was uh, the faculty member of Merritt College in Oakland. The Society gave me the opportunity to expand my knowledge of microscopy and to meet numerous individuals who use these instruments in their profession or as a hobby. The regular public meetings of the San Francisco Microscopical Society uh, and uh, East Bay um, provided ample opportunity for fellowship and learning experiences 
in the field of microscopy. I learned that our aim as a nonprofit California corporation was to promote the science of microscopy through lectures and demonstrations open to the people of San Francisco and the nearby communities. We currently join with other organizations to provide microscopy services at public events where appropriate. We participated last Saturday and in the past years as well uh, at the San Francisco Randall Museum as they celebrated Bug Day. We provided microscopes and displays in cooperation with Nikon Corporation for the Bay Area Science Festival held at Oracle Park. And uh, that event was attended by hundreds of adults and their children. On April 30th, 1922, we participated in the Discovery Day sponsored by the College of Science at the California State University East Bay. Until uh, the current pandemic curtailed our public meetings, the Microscopical Society held public event evening meetings at the Randall Museum and at Merritt College on a regular basis with invited speakers and displays. These open meetings are a part of the tradition that dates to the 19th century when the uh, society met in San Francisco in the 19th century, television and radio broadcasts or Zoom meetings on computers were unimaginable. Thank you for your considerate vote and your service to the people of San Francisco. Thank you. Good afternoon, commissioners. Um, I'm speaking without my notes because your staff did such a good job of outlining our history that I, I don't want to repeat it. And, uh, but I, I do want to add uh, a couple of names to the record who have uh, played a big role in our continued existence and success. <clears throat> First, um, um, Kurt and Debbie Heisentreit became owners, part owners of Goat Hill Pizza. Uh, approximately 20 years ago when we needed their money to pay some bills and to pay for tenant improvements into our newly created uh, um, dining room in the back. Um, and Kurt and Debbie have been with us ever since. Um, the most, uh, re most recent owner to be added, uh, oh, not just as an owner but also as CEO, is David Sterno, who um, kind of grew us up. He, he brought a sense of business that we really didn't have. We were, uh, we were a bunch of hippies <laughs> who kind of grew up tr just for fun starting a restaurant and luckily surviving until about 2016 when we, we needed someone to take over the reins, not just because we needed someone who knew how to run a successful business, but by that time, we were all in our 70s. We started in our late 20s and early 30s, and we were in our 70s, and 
I didn't want to run the, run the restaurant anymore, neither did Philip D'Andrade, who was our president. And I think you may hear from him very briefly to thank some of the uh, official folks who have helped us. So I want to get those names into the record and thank them very much and thank you for your support for Goat Hill and, of course, um, approval of this application. Thank you. Uh, thank you. And, and I'm sorry, sir, before you leave, could you just state your name for the record as well? Pardon me, what was that? Could you just state your name for the record? My name, Joel Lipsky, okay. L-I-P-S-K-I. I'm afraid I didn't give you that before. Yeah. Thank <laughs> you. Perfect. Thank you. Next speaker. Are there any uh, public commenters online? There are no public commenters raising their hands online. Hello. My name is Andrew Sikolsky. I'm a doctor of chiropractic and the sole owner of Glen Park Chiropractic. And after this meeting and the previous one, it validates what I've thought many times over the last 35 years that I should have opened a pizza place or an ice cream place <laughs> and be a lot more popular. Uh, I was asked by Janet Tarlov, who's the head of the Glen Park Merchants Association and works with the Council of District Merchants to write something to inspire other businesses. And this is what I wrote. Fellow business owners, being named a legacy business is an honor and a testimony to being in business over 30 years. As you know, time goes quickly, and as small business owners, we are rarely celebrated for all our hard work, long hours, and sometimes far too little financial compensation. Few others appreciate what it takes to keep a small business going, and yet to me, we're the lifeblood of our city. Recently, I went to Yellow Submarine in the inner sunset on 6th and Irving for lunch. The same family has operated the business for 47 years. The same woman at Yellow Submarine, Juliet, made my meatball sandwich last week as she did when I ate there more than 40 years ago. I was thrilled to see her. For dinner, I went to Mai's Vietnamese restaurant on Clement and Fifth. The same couple has run the restaurant since 1979 when I started eating there. For me, these types of businesses keep our city vibrant. When my born and raised in San Francisco, 38-year-old daughter and I drive around the city to explore our great neighborhoods, we're most excited by the businesses that have been there for decades and that we remember from her childhood. I honor all small businesses' hard work and dedication, whether they've been in business for four weeks or 40 years. I'd like to respectfully recommend to the San Francisco Office of Small Business and the San Francisco Historical Preservation Society that an owner of a business that comes before you should have up to six minutes to speak. We may be in business 30 to 40 plus years, and yet no one buys us a gold watch or throws a party for us to honor our achievements and longevity. Our opportunity to speak in front of you may be our 15 minutes of fame. We may have family and friends tuning in remotely from all over the country to hear and watch us. This may be our only opportunity to be recognized, heard, and acknowledged by anyone besides our family. An extra three minutes is, I believe, not too much to ask. I understand having a three-minute time limit for everyone else who speaks, but I recommend that you give up to six minutes for the actual business owner. Thank you for considering my suggestion. Thank you. Uh, we have one caller on the line. <clears throat> Great. Caller, please proceed. Hi there. 
Hi, can you hear me? We sure can. Please proceed, Hi. caller. My name is Gina Carenti. I'm the owner of Trattoria Contadina at Union and Mason. I've been involved with the restaurant since 2000. I was hired when I was 20 years old. And uh, the owner at the time, Dirk Carenti, now my father-in-law, hired me with the intention of keeping me uh, while I finished up my degree at San Francisco State University. And a few years later, um, his son started working after he finished up college himself. And we quickly fell in love, uh, bought the restaurant from him and have owned it since 2012. Uh, Kevin, my husband is fourth, I'm sorry, third generation. Our kids are fourth, fourth generation. And we hope they will work at the restaurant as long as we have. We hope that their kids will work there as well. Uh, we did make it through the pandemic and we're um, uh, feeling really good about what's to come. Uh, we try our best to keep everything local and we try our best to serve the public as, as much as we can and to keep um, Kevin's grandfather's dream alive. So that's our intentions and I'm honored to be part of this group. I'm honored to be speaking in front of you and I hope all of you get the chance to come in and uh, we can serve you meatballs. We'd love to have you. <laughs> Accepted. <laughs> okay, are there any other public commenters on the line? There are no other public commenters on the line. Before we close public comment, is there anybody else in the room who would like to make public comment? Seeing none, public comment is closed. Commissioner Zazunas. I move to accept the resolution um, before us for the legacy business um, item number um, the legacy business resolution before us to accept A through D. Moved by Pro Vice President Zuzunas. Is there a second? I will second. Seconded by President Laguana. I'll read the roll. Commissioner Carter. Aye. Aye. Commissioner Dickerson is absent. Commissioner Huey is absent. President Laguana. Aye. Aye. Pres uh, Commissioner Ortiz Cartagena. Yes. Yes. Vice President Zuzunas. Yes. Yes. Motion passes. Congratulations, everybody. Congratulations. Next item, please. Item three, Office of Small Business Budget Update number one. This is a discussion item. The commission will hear and discuss an update on the 2022-2023 Office of Small Business Budget. Director Katie Tang of the Office of Small Business will be presenting today. Great, thank you, commissioners. So uh, we're gonna have some slides and I'll just give a moment to have them brought up before I begin. Great, so, all right, congratulations to the legacy businesses. So commissioners, just wanted to provide a brief update to all of you uh, before our budget process begins at the Board of Supervisors and before it's announced by the mayor. Uh, so if we can go to the next slide.
All right, so just for a bit of background uh, for our upcoming budget, uh, what we've been asked or instructed uh, from the mayor's budget office is one, uh, prioritizing restoring San Francisco's vibrancy, recovery, accountability, and equity. So those are the policy um, priorities. Also getting back to basics and improving core service delivery within our existing budgets. And this year, good news, uh, no mandatory reductions. Uh, but there's also no increase to general fund support. Next slide. So in terms of timeline, just wanted to share with all of you, uh, we're in the phase right now uh, where uh, we're close to having the mayor uh, announce uh, by June 1st, uh, the proposed balanced budget to the Board of Supervisors. And then in uh, around two weeks in June, uh, the latter half of June, uh, the Board of Supervisors will hold budget hearings uh, at committee uh, to consider the mayor's budget proposal and make any recommendations for changes. And then in July, the budget will be considered at the board and in August, or by August 1st, then the mayor would uh, assign the budget um, so that it is adopted at that point. And then next slide. So just as a reminder, and I know that we have a couple of new commissioners as well who have joined us, um, the Office of Small Business is actually technically a division within the Office of Economic and Workforce Development. And so our budget uh, will be considered when OEWD's budget is up for discussion. So what you'll see here in the pie chart is a division of uh, OEWD's budget from this last fiscal year, or this current fiscal year that we're in, uh, so that you get a sense of um, the investments and where they are. So for example, um, under Invest in Neighborhoods, a, a huge portion actually uh, covers small business resources. Um, although you only see 3.8 million under um, Office of Small Business, again, in totality, there's uh, a significant portion of resources dedicated to small business support uh, through OEWD. And so again, what you'll see outlined uh, in, the, in the pie chart really is um, an, a breakout of the various divisions within OEWD. Next slide. We also wanted to um, share with you uh, in terms of the different types of services um, that we offer to the small business community. And again, this is from our current fiscal year just so that you have a, a fuller picture. So what you see broken out is uh, grants, for example, that's probably something that most are familiar with and that direct level of monetary support. There's also training provided to entrepreneurs technical assistance provided through many of our community partners, and commercial district intervention. So anything from uh, investments in shared spaces um, to other um, beautification efforts in commercial corridors, uh, that's what this represents. There's also a segment for loans. Uh, we do know that loans typically are um, not as much preferred compared to grants. Uh, however, those can be instrumental um, to the small business community. In the center there, you'll see the staffing uh, dedicated to small business support, uh, so 3.1 million in terms of across um, OSB as well as invest in neighborhoods. So this in totality really, again, represents the range of different types of um, services and support and resources that are provided to our small business community. Next slide. So just as an overview of what we propose in the upcoming two-year budget, which is at the bottom of this table, um, really it's, there isn't a whole lot of change in terms of our budget for the next two years. Uh, really, um, 
very small, including the FTEs as well. And in the next slides, I'll go over what is actually um, changing. And then you get a historic kind of overview of the last um, several years as well, just for comparison. So really, um, the changes represent, um, especially you'll see reflected in FTEs, that in this last year, we have actually reassigned the Small Business Development Center, the SBDC, over to the Office of Small Business. Previously, the SBDC uh, was actually housed under um, OEWD's Invest in Neighborhoods Division, and so the change in our budget really re reflects uh, the three staff that you see with the stars uh, next to them is now under our office, technically speaking. And so there's actually no new FTE proposed in this upcoming uh, two budget cycles. Um, the changes are the annualization of these, um, of three positions that were actually approved in, for the last fiscal year, and then um, the reassignment of uh, SBDC over to OSB. We also currently have two vacancies. Uh, for one of them, uh, it was tied to a program that was um, through legislation sponsored by Supervisor Connie Chan to establish a neighborhood anchor business program. And uh, that person will also be um, helping out with business case management. So that was a 9774 uh, community specialist position. And actually the um, offer, the conditional offer letter just went out today. So we're very excited about welcoming that person on board uh, very shortly. And then also one position is currently vacant. Uh, we had a business case manager who, um, who has uh, found employment elsewhere. And so um, that hiring process will begin uh, once the budget is adopted. As part of that, um, we are actually substituting the position so that it goes from an 1822 classification to an 1823 uh, to, to ensure that that position classification is on par with our other case managers uh, in the office currently. So that's, um, that's our staffing in a nutshell. And again, the main reason for the change that you see in, um, in our budget. Oh, I will also point out, I apologize, uh, on that slide, we, do have, uh, we did have one temporary person, uh, staff member, who has been helping out with our leg legacy business program, as well as OSB's marketing and communications. Uh, we are um, trying to figure out, currently in this budget season, how to keep this staff person on board. Uh, this person has been really instrumental in um, helping our office uh, do further outreach about OSB services. Um, you know, we have a much better presence online, on social media, um, through creation of flyers, even basic things to help uh, people know uh, more about the services that we offer. She's also been um, instrumental in the Legacy Business Program, and since she started in January of 2022, um, has actually helped us double the amount of Legacy Business applications that we've been able to process and get through um, this commission. So I just wanted to note that as well. So for the next slide, uh, this is a snapshot to show you um, thus far in this fiscal year how many cases as well as clients this office has served. So in terms of cases, is approximately um, 1,833 to date. And in terms of the number of clients, roughly uh, 3,145, and it'll continue to grow through the end of the fiscal year, ending on June 30th. In terms of the number of clients, um, and if we were to compare to past years, this is really on par with what we have seen in quote unquote, traditional non-pandemic years. Um, the last two years when we were facing the pandemic, we saw um, client numbers in terms of uh, fiscal year 1920 at 6,000, almost 6,500. 
And uh, in fiscal year 2021, uh, almost 5,000 um, clients. And really, uh, that represented the huge need from businesses during a very challenging time. But now we're starting to see in this year, in terms of the number of clients and cases, that it's really getting back to the kind of levels that we've traditionally seen. So next slide um, shows you the types of services that people have asked, been asking us questions and contacting us about in this last fiscal year. So uh, always rising to the top, food services, uh, probably the most complicated. Um, I'm sure that um, Commissioner Carter can also <laughs> attest to that. And so uh, those continue to represent the majority of the questions coming in, uh, in addition to second most is in retail. And then for the next slide, um, this also gives you a snapshot to show you uh, where these business or entrepreneurs really are at when they're contacting our office. So the majority are in pre-startup or startup phase. If you combine those, um, those are really the ones that are just starting out or even thinking about starting a business. And you'll see at the table the definition of what is categorized as pre-startup versus startup. And prior to the pandemic, about 43% of the cases that we saw um, really were, were uh, related to pre-startup phase and then 20% in the startup phase and 23% were in existing businesses. During the pandemic, it really rose to, uh, we saw a significant increase in existing businesses needing support. Uh, but I do imagine that um, as, the, as we're hitting the recovery phase, we're starting to see that again, uh, trend back toward uh, what it was before. So next slide, uh, and perfect timing, we have um, <laughs> our legacy business uh, grants. So in our office, uh, we do administer a couple of different grant programs. Uh, one of them is the legacy business uh, grant rent stabilization grant program. This is an ongoing program where we, um, through the Office of Small Business, we receive one million each year. Uh, and as just as a reminder, this is uh, so that um, there's an incentive for property owners to sign either a lease agreement and extend a small business lease by 10 years or to sign a lease for five years, with allowing for a five-year extension after that. And so in this last fiscal year, um, as of on Friday, uh, our office has uh, issued 500 $88,000 worth of grants um, paid to businesses. Uh, and since the inception of the program starting fiscal year 2016-17, um, we have paid out 2.6 million uh, to 49 property owners. Roughly 50% of the property owners will uh, turn that back over to the legacy business tenants in the form of either rent credit uh, or so, so forth, somehow getting back to the small businesses. So I uh, wanted to let you know that this has been successful in helping um, legacy businesses uh, continue to stay in place. And then in terms of legacy business grants in the second box underneath, um, these are grants that were paid directly to the small businesses and it's a one-time source of funding that we receive from the Board of Supervisors through the ADVAC process. And um, in this last fiscal year as of, um, as of Friday, we have paid out 278,000 roughly um, there have been a couple of grants not paid yet due to um, issues with setting up um, uh, businesses being set up as a, a city supplier. So just um, noting the cumbersome process we do have and always are seeking to improve um, and why some of the businesses have not been able to be paid yet. And we're happy to report that of all of the 
small businesses that have received these direct grants that they actually do remain open to this day. So again, um, it's great to see that these are really helping out our small, um, small business legacy businesses. All right, and then the other um, grant program that our office um, had administered in this past fiscal year um, was to venues. And um, this was a program established in March of 2021 um, during the pandemic. And the city had received, uh, we had received about $3 million to um, grant out. And the goal was to support our San Francisco-based live music and entertainment venues to prevent their permanent closure due to the COVID-19 pandemic. And I know our president was uh, very much involved in, in that creation. So there are approximately 300 businesses in the city with a place of entertainment permit, and that was as of uh, February 2000. And the grants uh, that were focused on venues with defined performance and audience spaces, venues with sound and lighting systems, and venues that engaged in marketing of specific performers by name in print and digital publications, communications, and or social media. So really geared towards a, a smaller segment of the 300 uh, venues that had a place of entertainment permit. So in the first round, 68 venues received grants totaling 2.42 million. There were a couple um, not paid yet due to city supplier issues um, that I mentioned earlier. And in the second round, 71 venues received grants totaling uh, 481,000. So uh, from my understanding, um, in terms of the number of venues that received these grants, uh, really lines up with what we anticipated based on the criteria under which the grant program uh, operated under. So that is uh, great to see. So Can next, I, and oh, just yes. quick interjection. Yes. Um, big thanks to Rick for administering that. It's amazing to be on the other side of it and see all that money that has gone out. I know it made a huge difference uh, for all those venues. So um, we worked really hard on, on the beginning of that. It's, it's, nice, it's nice to see that it, it delivered. Yes, I echo the thanks to, to staff who made that happen. Thank you. And then lastly, just wanted to share with all of you, and this is really a reflection of um, OEWD's um, goals as well, but this is, um, I've pulled out our small business recovery um, strategy as part of this, uh, really focused on a couple key areas around good government, increasing revenue, access to capital, uh, commercial space, and workforce pipeline. And so really, um, you know, I think our work is cut out for us, obviously, in our recovery years here. Um, and we'll be, as soon as our new commissioner joins us, uh, we'll be interested in hearing the commissioner's thoughts around our strategic plan for the upcoming year as well uh, to help further guide us in uh, our recovery phase for uh, San Francisco small businesses. So with that, uh, this is a preview of our, uh, our budget for this upcoming uh, fiscal year and happy to answer any questions. So on the, could you pull up that last slide again for me, please? Um, I, I know downtown is, is gonna be a, a core focus going forward. Um, does OSB have any thoughts yet on, on how we specifically can support the, the downtown region? Yeah, I think that our specific roles around downtown recovery um, you know, I know it might not sound as flashy, but really it is uh, continuing our work in trying to help 
make the permitting process more efficient for people who want to do interesting and creative things in their spaces downtown, given that the foot traffic is not uh, what it nearly was um, prior to the pandemic. Um, helping uh, connect people to resources, whether it's loans, um, funding, um, or other grant programs to help them with storefront improvements. Uh, but I know that there's a team within OAWD that is specifically dedicated to uh, downtown recovery, looking at ways to activate space, increase public safety, uh, draw more tourists uh, to our downtown area, as well as encourage employers to at least um, welcome or incentivize uh, employees to come back to work in person um, at least a couple days per week. So um, all of that collaboration will be incredibly important to our, our downtown recovery. Okay, good to know. Commissioner Zazunas. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, thank you, Director, for the, rep for the report. That was really great. Um, it, can we get a copy or a link to it at one point? Um, I, I definitely appreciated the update on um, staffing and the budget. I was just curious if you could go um, a little deeper into that. Um, where's my notes with my questions? <laughs> um, I'm just curious, how, you know, if there's any specific report back of how um, OEWD and SBDC and OSB staff are situated, are housed, are working together, are being, is there cross-training, um, are there new referral services available um, to us that we need to know about, kind of like how is that lay of the land, and um, also report back from, from s staff about how, how they're, um, yeah, work, working with new colleagues and everything, because I definitely keep meeting new people, um, like OEWD co-housed folks, and so I'm definitely curious about um, what it all looks like now, if you could go a little deeper. Yeah, thank you for the question. Uh, so actually last week we had uh, completed a physical move of the Small Business Development Center team, which is currently three people. Um, and they were previously at 1650 Mission at an office on the ground floor there. And uh, we, even when they were located there, our office have worked very closely. Um, staff are always referring people to the SBDC team if they need um, technical advising, um, access to loans, um, or other resources, um, and doing a kind of deeper technical assistance um, compared to our OSB staff. And so that relationship has always been really strong. So, and they previously actually worked together with our Office of Small Business team in City Hall. So then they had located to 1650 Mission and now we're bringing them back into the fold. So we have two of the SBDC case managers located in City Hall. Their SBDC director is located in our office at the Permit Center at 49 South Van Ness. It's getting a little crowded at our City Hall office. <laughs> and we're prioritizing the staff there who serve, who directly serve clients on a regular basis. And so, um, so it's, it's really great to bring them into our space again and to even further collaborate um, and cross-refer people to each other's services because there are some um, clear distinctions as to what we do. Um, and so, it, yeah, it's, it's actually been a very positive experience. And then we've also been working, uh, I think, much more closely with the uh, OEWD Invest in Neighborhoods team and making sure that uh, we're always sharing information with each other about resources and that... Um, 
you know, it's, it, it shouldn't be up to the small business owner to know the distinctions between in, what Invest in Neighborhoods does and what Office of Small Business does. And so we are always on the back end trying to cross, again, refer people and connect them to resources so they don't have to run around um, and ask 10 different people the same question. Mm -hmm. So we'll continue to build on that, absolutely. Nice, that's great. Um, so I had another follow-up about the Legacy Business Program because I realize um, we have new commissioners who maybe weren't around when that program was first mandated, and I think the historical context of how it became our responsibility of, 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 of the commission to manage might be important for kind of like um, a, a check-in, because um, it was designated by the voters, and then a couple years later, the Board of Supervisors got involved to make sure we were doing, um, you know, are fulfilling the role the voters deemed us to to fill. So I think that maybe just kind of checking in if there's any items um, around the legacy business program that we need agendized um, on on the commission relating to any like program updates or changes, or maybe just if it's something of interest to our newer commissioners to hear some of that history um, so that we are prepared if we need to be making any decisions in the future relating to legacy business. Um, and yeah, that was, uh, oh, I know that there was a website finished too. I would love to uh, maybe have a presentation, a showcase of the new legacy business website, um, if that's one thing we can agendize and maybe then we can talk a little history. I don't know, that's just something I was thinking about. Yeah, I think it's a good suggestion with so many new commissioners uh, on board to um, <clears throat> maybe do a couple basics around like uh, not just legacy business, but uh, the city budget, mm -hmm. uh, especially as we're about to go into the city budget process. I think that's a good time to talk about um, how that's made up. Uh, we could also uh, perhaps get and explainer conversation on some of the other major facets of the small business sector in general, perhaps like a refresher on the uh, shared spaces program um, and whatever else we come up with. There's, there's probably a couple other things that I think, yeah. you know, for, for new commissioners, it might be interesting to learn just who's in charge, how does it work? Mm -hmm. Great, and we can also build that into our strategic planning session, which is open to the public as mm -hmm. well. Um, when our new commissioner joins, we could do um, some of those, um, the trainings. We we were hoping to do this earlier, but uh, okay. think, any think, day now. Yeah, think, <laughs> fingers crossed. Uh, I, I th it appears we'll have a new commissioner at the next meeting, so fingers crossed, we'll see. Yes, thank you for your suggestions, though, commissioners. I think, that, I think those were my questions. Thank you. Okay. Uh, Commissioner Walker, any questions or comments? No, I think um, great suggestions. I definitely would like to know more about the Legacy um, Business Program. And, mm -hmm. and uh, Commissioner Ortiz Cartagena, do you have any questions? No. <laughs> <laughs> Usually we're, we're uh, struggling to get you to stop talking so much, but uh, it's good to know we don't have to do that today. 
Um, He's going to just keep interrupting you now. And yeah. You from this <laughs> ether. Uh, okay. Uh, I think we can go to public comment now. Is there any public comment? Is there any public comment online? There are no public commenters online. Seeing none, public comment is closed. Next item, please. Item four, resolution making findings to allow teleconference meetings under California government code section 54953E. This is an action item. This one usually isn't controversial, so I'll just head straight <laughs> to public comment. Is there any public comment? There are no commenters. Seeing none, public comment is closed. Uh, I move to approve the resolution. Can, do I have a second? I second that. Motion by President Laguana, seconded by Commissioner Carter. I'll read the roll. Commissioner Carter. Aye. Aye. Commissioner Dickerson is absent. Commissioner Huey is absent. President Laguana. Aye. Aye. Commissioner Ortiz Cartagena. Yes. Yes. Vice President Zuzunas. Yes. Yes. Motion passes. Great. Next item, please. Item five, approval of draft meeting minutes. This is an action item. So I wasn't present for this meeting. Uh, so I don't know if the fact that I have to recuse means we don't have quorum to vote or not. Well, if you read the minutes, you can vote on it, I think. Uh, yeah. I can I can vote even if I, I wasn't at so. the meeting. I thought I had to recuse because that was the first time I ever had to recuse was for a meeting I wasn't That's at. That's because you didn't read the minutes. I did too <laughs> read the minutes. Then you don't need to recuse. <laughs> All right. I read the minutes. I, I will accept your legal analysis <laughs> for the benefit of moving forward on this. Is there any public comment out there? No public comment. Okay, uh, seeing none, public comment is closed. Uh, commissioners, do we have a motion to approve the minutes? I'll move to approve. Okay, do we have uh, a second? Yes. Seconded by Commissioner Carter. I'll read the roll. Commissioner Carter. Aye. Aye. Commissioner Dickerson is absent. Commissioner Huey is absent. President Laguana. I'm going to say aye, and I hope I don't go to SF Ethics for this. <laughs> Commissioner Ortiz Cartagena. Yes. Yes. Vice President Zazunas. Yes. Motion passes. Great. Uh, next item, please. Item six, general public comment. This is a discussion item allowing members of the public to comment generally on matters that are within the Small Business Commission's jurisdiction but not on today's calendar and suggest new agenda items for the Commission's future consideration. Are there any members of the public who would like to make comments on items not on today's agenda? Janet. There are no public <laughs> commenters <laughs> on the line. Seeing none, public comment is closed. Next item, please. Item seven, director's report. This is a presentation and discussion item. Okay. All right. Thanks, Commissioner. Sorry I have to talk so much today. Um, <laughs> so I think a couple of things I actually kind of addressed during our budget presentation. Uh, but as we were discussing at first, um, Mayor Breed has uh, selected a new commissioner to, to join us here uh, on our commission. And uh, we anticipate uh, Rachel Herbert to be sworn in by the next time we have our uh, next OSB meeting. So I'm sorry, SBC meeting. Look forward to welcoming uh, our new commissioner. 
Uh, as a quick recap, uh, Small Business Week. It's been a while since we last met. So we, uh, our office, thank you, uh, Rick and Michelle, hosted our first ever Legacy Business Mixer event in person at Finnegan's Wake. And it was a huge success with over 100 participants. So uh, thank you for that. It Great. was uh, really wonderful to see people in person. Uh, our office also hosted a number of events, including virtual workshops on starting a small business, digitizing a business, and coordinated small business recognitions uh, in collaboration with the board and supervisors and the mayor. So I thought it went really well this year. Um, in terms of legislation, uh, Supervisor Melgar, along with co-sponsor Supervisor Stephanie, recently introduced legislation on May 10th to create a, a graffiti pilot program. So this is to address graffiti in commercial corridors. And this legislation, as you all know, was introduced after this commission weighed in on the city's graffiti abatement program and expressed a desire to see change in how the city approaches graffiti fines and fees, especially for small businesses. So. We anticipate that that legislation will be referred to uh, you all. Um, you've already uh, voiced your opinion on the matter, but uh, it'll be wonderful to get your thoughts on this uh, new pilot program. And I addressed the Small Business Development Center office move, so I won't go into that again, as well as the Neighborhood Anchor Business Registry uh, position. Um, however, I will um, just share, I think I might have shared with all of you already uh, via correspondence, um, but per Supervisor Connie Chan's legislation, uh, we did create a neighborhood anchor business registry, a form. Um, it's an online form on our website right now where businesses can self-identify if they have been in San Francisco for 15 years or longer. And so it's a very simple form. It's going to get translated into our city's threshold languages. So you can just fill out your information. Um, and uh, this is this is going to be very different from the legacy business program. Um, it doesn't come with any sort of uh, grant funding specifically dedicated to it. However, we will have staff that will uh, focus outreach efforts um, on those businesses that end up on this registry uh, so that they are aware of all the grant programs and resources available um, through our office. And then lastly, just want to share some updates about outreach that we've been doing in our commercial corridors. And thank you to our commission secretary, Carrie, uh, who's been joining for many of these um, out merchant walks. Uh, we have developed a flyer, um, again, a basic outreach tool just to let businesses know about what we do here in this office and through our commission. And so uh, we've just been walking along corridors to better understand them ourselves, but also to communicate with um, small business owners about what resources we have available. So since our last update to the commission, we have walked along Fillmore Street, Third Street, and Gary Boulevard. Um, and we also started a YouTube channel for Office of Small Business uh, yes. so that we can share our uh, resources in video format. So we'll continue to post um, hopefully easily digestible information there. Uh, right now we have two videos, which were the webinars that we hosted during Small Business Week. So those are my updates for um, today's meeting. Thank Great. you. Those are good updates. Um, okay, is there any uh, public comment on the director's report? Good afternoon. <laughs> Richard Carrillo with the Legacy Business Program. I just uh, happened to have four copies of a photo story that San Francisco Bay Times did of the um, San Francisco um, Legacy Business Mixer. Um, so I was hoping maybe I can um, oh, give that to the secretary. There's a really cute one of 
Regina what? and Director Tang. What's that? Sorry. The picture of, of our directors. Oh yeah, we have uh, yeah we have That's Regina Tigandrizi, <laughs> and we have with Katie, and we have uh, Commissioner Zazunas up here with me oh, and her I'm, father. I, uh, also owns a legacy business, so yeah, it's really amazing. So thank you very much to the San Francisco Bay Times. Thank you for all your support. And uh, thank you, Commissioner Zazunas, for attending the Mixer. And um, we're going to be doing this every year as part of um, San Francisco Small Business Week. So we're really excited about thank it. Thank you for all the cool swag. <laughs> You're welcome. Legacy thank you. business swag. I am terrifically annoyed that I wasn't able to be there. <laughs> oh, how cool. Dad's going to love this. Uh, that was we need commissioner comment now, I think. Oh, did I grab one? Right. Uh, is there any, uh, any public comment on the director's report? There are no public commenters. Okay, seeing none, public comment is closed. Next item, please. Item eight, commissioner comments and questions and new business. This is a discussion item allowing the president, vice president, and commissioners to report on recent small business activities, make announcements, and make inquiries of staff. Great. Commissioners, do you have any uh, new business or uh, comments or anything you want to share? Commissioner Walker. <laughs> Thanks, Commissioner. Yes. Um, we have a new um, black-owned cannabis dispensary, Harborside, um, that opened at right across from Kizar. Let me see the exact address of it. But yeah, so check it out. Um, it's an equity-owned cannabis, and um, he's from Bayview, and so we really want to support him however we can. Um, Harborside Dispensary. And it's at Stanion. I'll get the exact address. But yeah, that's all I have. <laughs> I don't dis, uh, support the dispensaries as much as I used to. <laughs> <laughs> 20, 20 years ago, I think I was a reliable customer. <laughs> Commissioner Zazunas. Well, first I want to say I did see the new OSB flyer, and it's really, really cool. So... Um, I'm, I'm really excited that there's on-the-ground outreach happening about our assistance services and legacy business program and, and all the, the programs that we offer. Um, since I had already mentioned kind of a new business item within the, the budget discussion, I'll just reiterate that um, for new business, I would love to have a presentation on the legacy business website um, and history agendized um, before us at one point. And... I guess the other new business item, for a, for a while we've been trying to, as a commission as a, and as a racial equity committee, figure out exactly what our inquiries and asks are of OEWD in terms of like our um, understanding of, of where they um, support commercial corridors and where we can um, really understand how to, how to leverage that programming. So. I think I've finally come up with what a new item for OEWD and Clarity on, on their programs would be. Um, I would like to understand the landscape of OEWD technical support RFPs particularly. So like who and where they're funding to have people go out and visit merchants on commercial corridors, let them know about programming, handhold them with filling out applications, 
um, check in with any compliance needs that are coming up with a deadline. I know that there's um, the Tenderloin merchants have a city subsidized staff person to do that. I know EDOT and Bayview has a staff person um, who does that. Um, I'm curious if SOMA has somebody that's under OEWD funding to just check on commercial corridors and businesses. Um, so yeah, I would just like to understand that, that landscape of particularly like administrative technical assistance and, and outreach that's being funded by OEWD and particularly our, our equity corridors um, and particularly SOMA. And yeah, that's kind of, that's, that's, yeah, that's my, I hope that made sense. Okay, thank you. That's a good suggestion. Uh, I feel like there was something, uh, you know, as, as Director Tang mentioned, the uh, budget process is, is really gonna start kicking into high gear. So I think, uh, uh, we're going to need to be paying a lot of attention to where funds are going, and I think our input is going to be solicited quite a bit on um, how we should uh, be helping small business. And um, I'll, I'll just use this opportunity to uh, remind uh, my fellow commissioners that the downtown area is dragging far behind all the other neighborhoods. I agree. Um, and, and we really need to be thinking about what we can do uh, to facilitate people returning downtown, um, which is really what they need most of all. Like, I, I, you know, you can put little Band-Aid grants and loans in place, but until there's people down there, you know, whether they're working or visiting or they're tourists or what have you, it's going to be really hard for that region to come back, for those small businesses to come back. And I know that's top of mind for many, many different um, businesses and organizations in the city. It's also critical to our tax revenue as a city. Um, it's the basis under which all those buildings have value, and that's where 80% of our tax revenue comes from. So uh, that's the thing that I'm harping on at the moment. Uh, the other thing is that... Uh, I continue to believe that we still have a window of opportunity to get as many businesses as possible to apply for the employee retention credit. I am increasingly hearing from uh, business owner friends that have applied for this employee retention credit. Um, some of them have gotten hundreds of thousands of dollars. Um, it's an undersubscribed program. Not familiar with that. Oh boy, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> So the employee retention credit program was created out of CARES, and if you kept employees throughout the pandemic, you can get a tax credit. Um, it's complicated to file for. You have uh, till end of tax year 2023 to file an amended return. You can get up to 7,500 per employee excuse me, 5,000 per employee for 2020. So if you had 10 employees, that's $50,000. But for 2021, for every employee, it's 7,500 per employee per quarter. So that's $23,000, sorry, doing bad math in my head, $23,000 per employee. So if you have 10 employees, 
That's $230,000. And it comes in the form of a check from the U.S. Treasury. It's not uh, you pay less taxes. It is they actually credit you because this is payroll you've already paid. It's very complicated to file for. You need an accountant. It is not the kind of thing that you can just go on a website and figure out on your own. Believe me, that was the first thing I thought I, I, I could do. You can't. You need professional help, and I've been um, very gently and uh, consistently trying to encourage the city to step in um, and, and help facilitate uh, connecting small businesses with uh, the technical assistance. Uh, it's a great opportunity to have a conversation around that uh, to help small businesses apply for this tax credit. But it is, uh, in many cases, businesses are getting more money than they got from PPP. And uh, there's no tax ramifications because it's all, it's a, it's a tax credit. So you don't owe state taxes on it. You don't owe federal taxes on it. It's just money coming back to you that you paid. Um, and so uh, it's terrifically undersubscribed. When we did that survey in uh, January of 2021, only 5% of the businesses uh, that we had spoken to about it had, had applied for it. Uh, nationwide, the last time I got a number on this, uh, less than 30,000 businesses had applied to, for it nationwide. Just to give you an idea, there's about 50,000 small businesses in just San Francisco. So this is an enormous amount of money that is out there. It's already paid for. Nobody can take it away. You don't, you don't have to worry about waiting for a bank uh, you know, or, or somebody like that. Like all the different problems that we had with the PPP being distributed, some people got it, some people didn't. There was fraud, there was this, there was that. None of that exists with this program. And, uh, you know, I don't know exactly how many businesses in the city qualify for it, but hypothetically it is, could be hundreds of millions, could be over a billion dollars for our local small businesses, far in excess. I, whatever the number is, it is far more than the city has available to devote to small businesses. It's the biggest opportunity uh, the small business community has that I know of, and, uh, I, and I just keep rambling on about it and, and I have a question yeah because I know um, especially with dealing with ADA issues right now um, you know I know the city has preferred vendor lists like DBI has a list for example of, of uh, verified CASP inspectors that are private but the city says here you here's a list right yeah. I, I know that OSB has housed Transition support resources is another example of, um, you know, small businesses that want to retire and transition to worker-owned or, or um, sell, and they have some resources. You know, um, I know specifically, like, a CPA list would be very useful, not just for employee retention tax credit referral purposes, but even, like, license transfer and business sale services, because I know... Uh, are, are like the CPAs that like get used in my business community are tapped out. You know, like everybody mm. is being asked, everybody's trying to retire, everybody's, you know, asked, asking for the same um, 
kind of support and there's not a lot of referral services for, for those types of um, requests that are, are growing in our small business community. Um, so I think a CPA list would be very useful for multiple reasons. And I'm curious if, if that lives somewhere already, if the, that's vetted somewhere. Director Tang. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, I wish we could do that. I wish it was simpler. Uh, being mm -hmm. city government, of course, it's very complicated for us to refer right. anyone to a private business. Um, the reason why we have the CASP inspectors list is there actually is a, a list of people who are certified under the state architects, um, state architects office, and then they um, actually uh, agree to essentially this attestation of. Uh, familiarity with San Francisco's building codes and that they would serve San Francisco. And so there's this kind of finite pool um, that we pull from um, through the, that licensed um, uh, list. Uh, it's really difficult with uh, CPAs, lawyers, um, et cetera, to be able to come up with a list like that. Um, it could be um, hundreds and thousands of people long, but also again, uh, we cannot actually officially make any uh, referrals to private businesses. We make it very clear for the cast inspectors, it's not a referral at all Got to it. any of them. Um, and so, it, yeah, so one of the things that we're working on is with the community partners that do provide technical assistance is trying to figure out, okay, where are the gaps that we're seeing? Mm -hmm. So I brought this up, this issue that President Guana has raised mm -hmm. over and over again. Um, and so we're trying to figure out through our community partners whether they can um, uh, either make it more well known what they do, um, if it is an existing resource, or could they augment um, something that they do already provide, but perhaps it's still not addressing, for example, this very case right here that we're talking about, which is applying for um, this employee retention um, tax credit. So, uh, and we're also um, doing the same with uh, legal services. I know that's been a huge deal. Um, the provider that we, the community partner that we fund is actually the Bar Association of San Francisco, and they have a lawyer referral service that that is what we are able to lean upon. Um, so, so that's just um, a little bit of the background that it just gets really complicated for us to be able yeah. to refer, unfortunately. Okay. Yeah, but I, I really wish we could <laughs> do <laughs> no. more of this. Then, then maybe the answer is like kind of how the ADA, you know, workforce grant support was handled, where it wasn't like here's funds for lawyers, but it was here's funds for admin and outreach, and then you have some infrastructure to centralize people and then, then, you know, workforce orgs can disseminate to, you know, uh, technical and, ex, you know, expert firms and stuff like that. But maybe the city can be involved not with providing the technical service providers but or referring to them directly, but maybe just helping centralize people towards this program. I don't know. Uh, you know, I think it's just the, the fundamental problem is just... Where the rubber hits the road is that, that private level of service, and um, it's a challenge. Uh, Chamber of Commerce has found a couple people who are willing to provide services yeah. in m multiple different languages. Oh, really? And so if you go to sfchamberofcommerce.org slash ERTC, I think it is, uh, there is a website with three different firms they've found. A point of frustration for me is some of these firms, uh, not necessarily the ones on the Chamber of Commerce website. I haven't checked them out, but there are firms out there that will charge 15%. Right, right. 
And obviously, if somebody's going to get $200,000, that's like they're going to pay $30,000 to this org. Meanwhile, I'm seeing other organizations that just charge $150 per employee. So in that case, it would only be $1,000. So I don't know why a small business should pay $29,000 instead of $1,000. Like, it's a really big gap. So there's a lot of people who are sort of seizing the uh, lack of knowledge and and, uh, the lack of ability to do anything about this and sort of capitalizing on that and taking advantage of it. Even with that being said, I think everything else being equal, I'd rather see somebody take advantage of a small business and at least a small business get something than have 2023 go by and they didn't file for any of these uh, uh, credits and now that just that opportunity is gone forever. So I'm starting from a place of being really opposed to those companies that are being sort of greedy and sort of vulture but I think as we get closer to the date, I'm probably gonna lighten up and I'll be like, no, just, you know, whoever can do it, just, it's something, right. you know, like it's, and something's better than nothing. So, um, yeah, uh, so I appreciate everybody hearing me out on that and it's probably not the last time, certainly not the first time, but it's just so much money out there for the small business community and, and I'm constantly running into people like yourself, constantly, who have just never heard of it. And it's this huge program. And it's, I had one small business owner who's like, this is a life-changing amount, like this totally changes my entire life. Um, you know, it got her out of debt, it got her caught back up with her landlord, um, and then ahead of the game, and like she wasn't stressed about her kid going to college. Like, yeah, it made a big difference. Yeah, no, right? So I'm just, all I can, you know, if I could like actually physically grab people, if they would let me do that without violating, um, you know, the things that you're supposed to sign when you join the city, I would physically grab people and take them to the accountant, but that that wouldn't be appropriate. Um, Okay. You're kidnapping small business owners. I'm stepping (laughs) off my soapbox now. I just have a few things just to echo okay, that. Okay, yeah, sorry, please. <laughs> no, I, I think that's that's great information. Yes, as a small business owner, I've never heard of that. I can't imagine how many other um, small business owners have not heard of that, especially those of us that, um, that didn't get PPE and did keep their employees during the pandemic. So I, th- I would love um, the small, bus- small business administration to be more creative in how we get that information out to um, small business and also just um, being creative with with how we can link them with, with accountants. And maybe that's through um, CBOs or something. I know for me, like those was um, very expensive lessons, <laughs> you know, not having an accountant and bookkeeper and things like that. So I definitely would like to see more technical support and, you know, just being really, really creative with, with how we can, can do that. I know it's really, really needed, especially um, for the really, really small businesses that just don't have a clue. And then I also will echo, um, I am deeply, deeply um, interested in and how we are looking at what's going to happen with downtown San Francisco. Yeah. Um, 
I did have the pleasure <laughs> of feeding the new IKEA team that that came um, last week. So they oh, were, nice. yeah, yeah, it was nice. So that's so, awesome. Yeah, it was awesome. They randomly came to Boosh Cali, so we was able, <laughs> so I was able to talk to them, and they were all excited about opening up. So um, I would love to see how are we. Um, maybe the office of of small businesses meeting with planning to see what is downtown going to look like right now there's a lot i can just tell you there's a lot of people working on this issue a lot of people um i can think of several dozen that i've personally met with off the top of my head some of them are uh own or operate or manage you know, global businesses, um, everybody's worried about it. Yeah, I mean, as a city kid, downtown was always the heart of, of our city. Yeah. It's not really a, um, a reflection of that right now. That's right. So, yeah, I'm, I'm very invested in seeing what that, what that looks like and how are we moving forward to make sure that small businesses and, and big businesses and business period is, is filling those, those storefronts. So we should be um, looking for opportunities to invite people to come and present to the commission that can facilitate uh, that kind of growth. Um, you know, one other thing, I made this promise to somebody, I'll, I'll bring it up with you. Um, there is, I guess, a, a music festival that's happening in um, mm -hmm. Bayview. Uh, blanket on what it's called. Is the it Portola one? Thank you. Uh, Portola Music Festival. Portola Festival. It's yeah. a new one. So it's a new one. It is sponsored by Golden Voice. Um, I had a conversation with uh, Megan Mitchell, who's a reporter for the Standard. Yeah, yeah. So Megan was saying that. Um, you know, she felt like the outreach to the community could have been better to provide more support, um, encourage more people going to the festival to also visit, you know, either pre-game or post-game or pre-show, post-show, to visit some of the uh, businesses. In it's at the very, like if you just drive down Cesar Chavez and you just keep going all the way until you hit the water, I think it's like somewhere around there. I, I don't know exactly. Uh, I know. That's, yeah. I was like, where are they going to do it? Yeah. <laughs> right, exactly. I, I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm not actually 100% uh, clear on, on the details, but because uh, I just heard about it the other day. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, I think there's, there's possibly an opportunity there for, um, to uh, agendize an item that uh, could maybe facilitate a conversation and, and um, possibly create some more lines of communication between the community and, and the local small businesses and the uh, promoter, which is Golden Voice, which is a, a, a pretty big um, promoter with a national presence. Um, I think, you know, I don't think they intended any slight. They just, you know, it, they're just not from here and, and it's not part of how they are thinking about stuff. and. That's a, you know, something potentially helpful we can do. So I'm just planting seeds mm -hmm. in your collective heads. These are ways that we can interact and engage uh, to help small businesses uh, proceed and grow. Sunday Streets actually went really well, too. There was a lot of small businesses out there. 
Not sure how they did. I know I brought up a bunch of stuff, <laughs> but um, good. Yeah, it was it was great to see. All right. Well, um, oh, I guess one last thing yeah. while we're talking about the port. Um, I, I did run into somebody who's on the port commission and they mentioned that they have a, um, a whole round of new potential lease spaces that are going to be coming up. So it'd be good to have some kind of nexus to, to that outreach um, or just notification if there's um, spaces available. I have a lot of businesses in my community that are looking to transition from a storefront into more of a like production like um like um a coffee coffee house for example who wants to just do a roastery and a port space you know they're being actually evicted right so so what i'm trying to get at is it would be good to know if there's like pdr spaces or some kind of um vacancies that we can let businesses who are not able to maintain their storefronts anymore but still want to do more of a production or manufacturing um, use to have maybe some kind of early, I don't know if we can get involved with like earlier prioritized access but I think we need some targeted outreach to businesses um, who aren't able to keep storefronts but still want to do some kind of PDR business and the port has been mentioned in that to me. Great. Um, Let's look into it. Um, okay, should we go to public comment? There are no public commenters in the queue. Okay, seeing none, public comment is closed. Next item, please. Item nine, adjournment. SFGovTV, please show the Office of Small Business slide. We will end with a reminder that the Small Business Commission is the official public forum to voice your opinions and concerns about policies that affect the economic vitality of small businesses in San Francisco, and that the Office of Small Business is the best place to get answers about doing business in San Francisco during the local emergency. If you need assistance with small business matters, continue to reach out to the Office of Small Business. And meeting adjourned. Thank you, President.